Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a problem. Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Ew! Ew! Welcome into the Ball Blast Podcast, everybody, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I'm your host, Michelle. You can find me on Twitter at Ball Blastem, Ball Blast E-M. And I'm Kate. You can follow me on Twitter at FF Ball Blast. And I'm Jake. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Make sure to go check out our awesome website at ballblastfootball.com. Our writers are putting out amazing content every single day. You're going to want to go check that out. We got betting, we got DFS, we got redraft, of course, and then some nice dynasty pieces in case you are interested in that. Um, go check out our Patreon over at patreon.com slash ballblast. You get lots of exclusives, um, including my Fire Nice article, which people seem to like. So if you like it, uh, you can go sign up and get, uh, you know, you can give it a read earlier than Sunday morning and get ready and get your lineups all set up. And then make sure to hit that five-star review on your podcast apps. I don't think you realize how important it is and how much it helps us podcasters out. Truly, we appreciate it so much. Guys, we have so much content to get through today, right? It's week nine. We're in the thick of it. Really big, important decisions have to be made. You got you to gotta win these weeks, right? We're getting close here somehow to the fantasy playoffs. Nitty gritty. It flew by. Uh, but before we get into news and notes, because there's some of a heavier news today that's kind of not fun to talk about, I want to do trivia, because trivia is always a blast, and you yeah. guys suck at it, so it's really fun yeah. to see you guys struggle <laughs> and to make you drink. So you want to lift us up before you tear us down. Yes, I do. But I came up with some questions that I think you can get. Like It's not, it's not hard ones, but let me start off with the first one. This is, this is an easier one. Think about it. You only get one guess each because it is an easier one, okay. all right? Okay. Right now, we're, we're entering week nine. Who is the quarterback one in fantasy for points per game so far this season? Points per game, not total. I don't know. You said easy, and I still don't think I'll know this is points <laughs> per game because there's like three names at the top of my head. And quarterbacks have been disappointing this year. Like they have. Like some of the big names have disappointed. So, uh, um, Jalen Hurts. <laughs> no, but he is, he's doing well. Uh, yeah, that was actually going to be my guess, so I'll pivot. Kyler Murray? Nope, it's Josh Allen. Both of you guys take us. Oh. Josh I almost Allen said Josh. obvious. Well, that's, I told you it was easy. I told you it was an easy one. I tried to help you. We didn't now, heed you your name, warning, Michelle. Name the other four guys in the top five. Just spewed out some names. Every Lamar time Jackson. you guess one. No, drink. Oh, no, he's in uh, it. I'm sorry. Don't drink. Oh. <laughs> Michelle, you need to drink a sip. I'll, I'll drink a sip of... because of that. Um, Jalen Hurts. He is in it. I have to drink again. You got it right. Okay. You got all right. it. Michelle made all of the questions so easy so that she could drink her white cloth on tonight's show. You got two more. <laughs> two more guys Pat in the top five. Nope. 
Why would you oh. think that, Jake? I don't That's know. He's up there. Stupid. <laughs> um. Rude. You got five, four. Uh, Where's your guess, Kate? So I can call you stupid. <laughs> um, ooh. Uh, ooh. Well, you're really bad. Justin at this. Herbert. No. You get one more guess, Jake. Whatever your uh, name is. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'll go I with Kyler. Um, no. So I already said Kyler. Oh, it's, you did? I don't pay attention for the quarterback one. It goes Josh <laughs> Allen, then Tom Brady. Wow. Lamar Jackson, Matthew Stafford, and then Jalen Hurts. Matthew Stafford. Good for you, man. Those are top five in fantasy points per game entering week nine. So wanted to give them a shout out. All right. I have a harder question here. We're going oh, no. back for <laughs> all of NFL history. So it could be any player That's that has played. That's fair. You know this guy. I'll say that. You know him. Which wide receiver currently has the highest career average receiving yards per game in NFL history? Highest per game in in, in the entire history. So not an active player yes. necessarily. It's not probably. necessarily, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll say it is an active it's an active player. I'll let you okay. know that. All right, that's good. Uh most yards receiver. I, mean, I guess there's a qualifier here, like I didn't say that. Minimum games. Or... I did not say that. Ooh. Okay, oh, so the fact that you're saying so there's tricky. no qualifier leads me to believe that maybe it is somebody who It's like funky. a rookie. It's like a rookie almost for sure. Right? Is it Jamar Chase? It's Jamar Chase, and I can't okay. believe you got that. I wow. feel like I need to drink at least three sips for you guys getting that. Jamar Chase is currently the leader in NFL history Jake, in receiving yards like, per game. I feel like we just uh, did that together. You did. I so, did not think you guys were going to get that. unifying moment. <laughs> Second, and actually the leader, if you put any qualifies out, out, out there, it's Julio Jones. Devontae Adams has to be top five. Um, I don't know. Calvin, I don't think so. Really? And then Calvin Johnson is third. I just have the top three. So it goes Julio Jones and Calvin Johnson. Obviously, Jamar Chase doesn't actually count if you were looking at NFL history, but fun to see that out there. All right. Cheers to Jamar. Uh, yeah. Killing it. All right. Let's do Keep another one. Up. Which player has the most total yards after reception, after catch this year? Oh, Nagy I Harris. know this. Who? Debo Samuel. No. Really? Wait, I thought you said running back. I didn't say running back. I said which player? Oh. As why, was was I just thinking for, why was I just thinking about Najee Harris? <laughs> it, well, it's not Najee, so take a drink. And it's not Devo. I'll give you one more guess wow. each. Most total yards after catch. Jeez. I was all about Devo. I don't know. I'll say Cooper Cup. Nope. Um, I will say... Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> uh, you realize uh, you are listening to this on a podcast, right? Like you need to answer faster. Brandon Cooks. No, it's DeAndre Swift. So it was a running back. Wow. Yeah, he leads That's by like bonkers. a big margin too. Okay, one more question, and then we'll get to the news and notes. Which player has the highest average depth of target this year? I did put a qualifier on it. Twenty targets. Which player has the highest average depth of target? Uh, I wanted Van to Jefferson. say Jamar Chase again. Nope. Okay. Nope. So it's not Van Jefferson. No. <laughs> Does he even have 20 targets this year? <laughs> um, great question. 
Um, one more guess average. each. Okay, one more guess each. Uh, just chucking the ball down the field. I guess I'll I'll go with um, uh, Cooper Cup again. You <laughs> <laughs> only have two guys in mind today. How about Tyler Lockett? No. It is Emmanuel Sanders. And really? He leads it by a lot. He's averaging 19.5 yards, like average up to target. That is wild. That guy? He's so old. (laughs) It's two more yards per target than the next guy, who is unfortunately Henry Ruggs. But um, yeah, he's like, Emmanuel Sanders is killing it in. Wow. uh, and just life this year. And I might get to him in our scrumptious starts. Uh, but let's dig into the news. I think I've, you know, prolonged this long enough. You guys still suck at trivia. So we're going to keep this segment going um, in the future. But let's get into news and notes. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. All right, let's just start with the worst one. Um, Henry Ruggs, DUI. Unfortunately, it ended um, with a lady and her dog passing away, um, which really, really sucks. And just the whole situation is terrible. Uh, but Henry Ruggs will not be playing football for a very, very long time, maybe ever again. And I have a lot of thoughts about it, but this isn't really the place to say them. So, yeah. Just uh, one. Don't drink and drive. Don't drink and drive. Uber. Uber. Lyft. Very, very easy. So easy. Or if you're rich, you know, you can just hire a driver like he could have very easily. Yeah. Uh, but rest in peace to the lady who died. Her name is Tina Tinter. So I want to just say rest in peace to her and her puppy. And it's just a terrible situation. Uh, moving on from that, a lot of other terrible situations this week. Not close to what that is, but... um. Aaron Rodgers, he's out for week nine. He tested positive for COVID-19, and apparently he's not vaccinated. Although he, he may said or he may was. not have gotten some homeopathic vaccination. What, like, every report that is coming out about this situation is weirder and weirder. Like, we got reports that he got a Canadian vaccine, and then it said, no, 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 it wasn't the Canadian vaccine. It was a homeopathic remedy for COVID-19 antibodies. Like, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. Because he just rubbed some essential oils on his arm and (laughs) called it a day, apparently. Like, apparently the... Well, you've seen he's given up even, like, trying to do anything to keep his body looking normal. He must just be all natural now. They said... He must be stinky. No, they said that... he doesn't wear deodorant. This is, like, he does look like he doesn't wear deodorant anymore. That's so spot on. (laughs) But they said that his hair and stuff was for a Halloween costume, and this was going to be our opportunity to see if he steps onto the field clean-shaven and, like, it... Does that mean he was at a Halloween party? Because they should probably... Whatever. Yeah, but probably... Aaron Rodgers is going to be out. We cannot have nice matchups, apparently. This was versus the Chiefs. Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. The last time these two teams met... Patrick Mahomes missed due to a knee injury. So we have yet to see these two meet up and match each other, and it would have been a really fun game. And now it's going to be Jordan Love versus Patrick Mahomes, which Woof. everyone was saying Jordan Love's the next Patrick Mahomes. So Everyone. I need you to define everyone in this statement. People said he had the potential of Patrick Mahomes. Okay, okay. Yes. Uh, what are your thoughts as a Packers fan going into this Chiefs, going into Kansas City with Jordan Love? 
what do you expect? I mean, I hate it, and it's it's going to be a much much worse um, game just to watch for everybody involved. Uh, with Jordan Love, you know, you hope that that he'll manage to do good enough against a really really bad defense. And Kansas City has not looked so great themselves on offense, and so you know there's still uh, there's still hope, but all around it's going to be a mess. How confident do you feel in Devontae Adams? A, hopefully he plays. We, I guess we don't know that yet. But if he does play, do you feel like Jordan Love will be able to get him the ball? I think uh, he'll be able to do well enough to have Devontae have a respectable day. You know, the odds of him being a top five guy this week just went out the window. But I think he'll still certainly be good enough to put into your lineups, especially if Jordan Love is just good enough to attack that one cornerback that gave up like 100 yards on every play against the Giants. I forget his name, but if he can do that, then uh, Devontae should be all right. Yeah, and I think maybe this is a good thing for the Packers, right, to get to see Jordan Love in a game before they have to decide what in the world to do next offseason. I mean, he's sat now for a season and a half. If he can't come into a game and start now, like you probably don't have that good of a chance of succeeding, you know? In the future. So this will be a fun little test for him. We'll see what happens. Um, Moving on. Michael Thomas apparently is not coming back for the rest of the season. Who knows what's going on with that dude. Um, But Injury. Injury is going on with that dude. He said he suffered a setback in his rehab process. Sure. I think the setback was he saw Jameis Winston go down. He doesn't want to play with Taysom Hill (laughs) or Trevor Simeon. It's just weird timing. That's all. It's weird, but the team was winning. Like, and there's been no wide receiver that has, like, we projected heading into this season that it was going to be Marquez Callaway, and it hasn't been. Like, there's no one wide receiver that has stepped up. Like, this was the prime opportunity for the Michael Thomas show, regardless of who's in at quarterback, and they're winning. I, I genuinely think this is, like, an injury thing. Um, I am going to send offers like uh, a second round pick for Michael Thomas. You do love you some Michael Thomas. I'm moving on. He's old and not doing anything the last two years. He's old and cranky, but I still want him (laughs) on my fantasy team. Um, I would rather have this guy still. It's Calvin Ridley. Um, He has decided to take a break from the NFL. Personal reasons. We don't really know what they are, which is okay. He, you know, he can have a space, but we don't know if it's going to be a couple game. Like he's just out or the rest of the season or like forever. We really have no idea. We don't, but uh, I appreciate like the conversation that I think Calvin Ridley has generated with this. He said he's stepping away to focus on his mental health, which, um, you know, we don't know what's going on for him personally and it doesn't matter. Um, good for him to, to recognize that he needs to take the step to, to step back and focus on what is important. Cause at the end of the day, it's, it's a game. Yep. It's just a game. Yep. So is fantasy football. Yeah. It's a fun game. Well, I hope he gets better. And we'll, there's really no knowing when he comes back. So there's not really any advice we can give you. Like, I wouldn't go trade him. Like, if you have him in dynasty leagues, don't go trade him for cheap. Like, you got to you gotta see what happens. You've been holding on to him now. He hasn't been performing. But, like, don't go sell him off for cheap. This is not the time to trade him. He's definitely a hold. Yes. Uh, some other guys that tested positive for COVID this week, along with Aaron Rodgers, is Noah Fant, AJ Green, and Saquon Barkley. Um, I know for sure that Barkley is vaccinated, he said, so there's still a chance he could play. He just needs some negative tests, but he's still dealing with the injury too. And they have a bye week next week, so I feel like there's a very small chance that Barkley actually plays. 
That yeah. poor Agreed. Giants team just needs to get healthy. Sterling Shepard for the Giants, he's likely to miss um, some time, is the report, with a quad injury. Like, that dude just can't stay healthy. That sucks. Kadarius uh, Tony can't stay healthy. I know. Stay healthy. But he practiced He practiced today in a limited fashion. So I feel good about Tony. When he was asked about what happened and why he went back to the locker room with the thumb injury, he answered, I don't remember why. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was like they, just they asked him right after radar. the game. Yeah, they asked him right after the game. He said, ah, yeah, I don't remember why I went back to the locker room. It's like, oh, oh okay, sir. That's very random. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, some finally good news. He was activated off of IR. He participated today in practice, but it was called pretty limited. So we shall see if he comes back. But that team needs him to come back because, woof, their offense of, is bad without him. Yes, yes, very, very bad. Speaking of Christian McCaffrey, I just wanted to brag. Uh, got a trade done in one of my dynasty leagues. It's a dynasty best ball league. And I just lost Derrick Henry, which did we even talk about Derrick Henry yet? Nope. Because, my Lord, there's so much to talk about. Um, lost Derrick Henry. And I was able to trade a first and a second round pick uh, in this year's 2022 and 2023 in exchange for Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle in a two-tight-end league. Nice. I, Good job. I, right? You know, I don't ever say this. I don't ever want to be the guy who says this because I hate when I see it on Twitter. But let me join your league, please, because that <laughs> sounds incredible. I know people oh, I didn't. I didn't even send the offer. It was sent to me, which was... Man. I felt like I, I wanted to add another like first on top of it, but I was like, no, Kate, no. Hopefully we get Christian McCaffrey back because he needs to come back. Every time he's on the field, he's just awesome for fantasy. It's just like he actually needs to stay on the field. Maybe they use Chuba Hubbard more. Chuba? Chuba. 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 Chuba Hubbard more to keep Christian McCaffrey healthy, which I'm fine with. Like he doesn't need to touch the ball 25 times to be good in fantasy. He really only needs like 10 touches and he's still going to kill it. So... Uh, but hopefully they can keep him healthy. And then moving on to Derrick Henry, big piece of news here. Um, fractured his foot. He's likely he's going to most likely be out the rest of the fantasy season, so he's not going to be helpful for, for you. Now, the team did sign Adrian Peterson. How are we feeling about it? Like, I, mean, I actually, he's... like, I, I, <laughs> you guys are both like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm like not, I mean, I'm not feeling great about this, but let's think about the fact that this happened at like the most opportune time. There were plenty of running backs that could have been available on the market. Like um, a lot of people were talking about maybe Rojo uh, with the Tampa Bay Bucks coming out and being a potential trade candidate. Like there were plenty of guys that were fringe uh, that I considered better options than Adrian Peterson, but um, he passed his physical and the team is clearly like really comfortable with him because they are in a winning spot and they didn't make a move. Like I, I think that says a lot about their, their belief in the situation. Yeah. I mean, I believe he's going to get 12 to 15 carries a game. Uh, no, I don't think he's going to get Derrick Henry workload. Um, and Jeremy McNichols will be the pass catching back. Like Adrian Peterson won't see a lot of that, but you know, if he gets, 12 to 15 carries behind that offensive line and he gets the goal line work like he's going to be relevant i know people don't want to hear it they're like oh good like adrian peterson's not going to do anything it's like maybe he might he he could in that offense like it kind of feels a lot like cj anderson when he went to the rams a couple years ago at the end there when todd Gurley got hurt 
And like he was washed too. And he was washed after that season. It was just <laughs> a perfect situation be in a great offense behind a great line. And it just like worked out for him. So yeah, he's, he's 36 years old, I believe. Uh, so that's scary for a running back. But I guess the silver lining here, it's midpoint in the season. So you don't have to worry about the wear and tear aspect of this so much. You know, uh, he only has half of a season that he has to get through here. Um, or if Derrick Henry can somehow magically come back by week 17 or whatever, which I think they said maybe, um, then great. But yeah, like you said, it's Jeremy McNichols getting the pass catching work. I don't want either of these guys this week against the Rams. But after that, I'm very curious to see how it goes. Yeah, I'm interested to see how the workload goes. Like they also signed Deonta Foreman, which no, I don't want anything about. They cut Makai um, Sergeant Sergeant um, for Deonta Foreman. I'm like, really? Like you've probably never heard of this Sergeant guy I'm talking about, but he killed it in the preseason. He's a young dude, like. Like, how can he kill in the preseason then you cut him when Derrick Henry gets hurt? It's like, they just waved him. I'm like, why would you do that? <laughs> I was saying this dude could get a shot. Like, he killed it behind the, the offensive line. But no, they waved him. So I think it's Adrian Peterson time. We'll see what happens. It's not going to be pretty. But he averaged nearly four yards per carry against the Lions, or behind the Lions offensive line last year. Like, I guess they have a fine line, but still. He's, I mean, he's definitely the clear goal line back. I would say that like Jeremy McNichols has had more targets than he has like triple the amount of targets he has that he seven has carries the number year. of carries seven. which that's scary all right we gotta move on here to scrumptious starts let's run through these really quick Corey Davis is doubtful for Thursday night football versus the Colts so don't count on him James Robinson was a do not did not practice um, after sustaining a heel injury in week eight he can miss week nine versus Buffalo. It's a terrible matchup anyways, so let's hope they just sit him. No, don't reach for Carlos Hyde. I want nothing to do with that. And he's also injured. Darren Waller is back at practice. Very good sign for him to play this week. And then same thing with Dak Prescott. It seems like he's going to be good to go this week, which is huge news for everyone involved. Um, my Dalton Schultz shares will be very happy as well as CeeDee Lamb. Say that 10 times fast. Yeah, Dalton Schultz shares. That was a lot of news, so I could use a break. So let's talk about props fantasy. It is time to take your fantasy leagues to a whole new level and experience a brand new way to play the game of fantasy football using the teams you already have. Props fantasy is bringing you another way to play fantasy football with your friends, family members, Twitter followers, literally whoever you want to play with. You just don't need to be in a league with them. You don't need to create more in order to play. You just connect your accounts. Uh, right now, Sleeper and Yahoo are currently live. Uh, ESPN will be coming shortly. Once you connect, you import your rosters and you get ready to win some challenges. You can put some money down on the line and watch your lineups go head to head. Or even like in the coming weeks, they're going to have a best ball feature. So they just take the highest scoring possible lineup that you can possibly set. You set it and forget it, and uh, you know, like you can take all these guys and, and challenge them without even being in the same leagues. It's so awesome. You can mix and match different league types. Like, say you're in an IDP, and your friend who uh, is the biggest trash talker ever is in like a non-IDP. That's okay. Uh, they take the common denominators between your leagues, and boom, you set your lineup on your fantasy app, and your teams are ready to battle. Yeah, and you want, if you want to get your other friends involved too. 
you can have them back you up. So you can go in there and look at the lineups of two people that are matching up against each other. And then you can be like, Ooh, I like this team better. I'm going to put down $10 on them. And then you're using their roster to try to win some money. So it's a lot of fun. And if I feel like we're going to have to do some competitions and like people are going to have to choose our rosters and like, who's going to win. You don't have to put money down if you don't want to, but I want to be backed. You know, I want that number to increase. I want all the votes. I want all the votes. I want all the votes. But yeah, it's a super cool app. So go over to Props Fantasy and sign up. We'll have the link in our uh, like show description. But for now, if you sign up using our unique link, you will gain an entry for a signed Aaron Rodgers helmet, which I promise has been sanitized <laughs> from COVID-19. Uh, you will get an additional entry for every challenge that you enter on Props Fantasy up until November 25th. Again, that's Props Fantasy dot com slash ball blast so meaty what's not to like custard good jam good meat good it is delicious it's good for me it's a perfect way to start the day let's get into scrumptious starts jake your scrumptious quarterback is not at all scrumptious not in the slightest talk let about me tell him. you let me tell you why he can be a scrumptious start. So with the caveat that it is not a lock for him to start this week, my suspicion is that he will, but we will have to track. It's Taysom Hill, potential quarterback for the New Orleans Saints here. He just has to be healthy enough to beat out Trevor Simeon for this role this week. Uh, we know his coach, Sean Payton, loves him some Taysom Hill. So that's why I believe that he will be the starter against the Atlanta Falcons here this week. I want to take you back just one year. The four times Taysom Hill actually got to start as a quarterback, not as a tight end, not as a running back, not as a general weapon, but as a quarterback last year, he was the quarterback eight in points per game. Even in his very worst start, and it was a doozy against the Denver Broncos in week 12 last year, he only completed nine passes for 78 yards. That is terrible for real-life quarterbacking. <laughs> but for fantasy, he was still the quarterback 11 because he ran the ball 10 times, had two rushing touchdowns off of that. Now, the Falcons are not the Denver Broncos, so you do not have to worry about such a tight defense playing against him. They're allowing the fifth-most points to opposing quarterbacks. You can say what you want about Taysom Hill, and yes, I know it sounds super grody, but he is the ultimate dual threat guy, sometimes triple threat guy. He can even catch passes in the end zone. So <laughs> if he gets the nod, I'm very comfortable rolling with Taysom. Yeah, I think my biggest concern is like if he gets the nod or not. If he does play, like he will likely be fine against the Falcons. Now, he did have Michael Thomas last year, didn't he, for both games? So that's a little bit worrisome. Ooh, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but at the same time, you're not really counting on his passing work like at all. You're counting on his legs. It's kind of like when you're playing Jalen Hurts. You don't really care what it looks like out there. You just want the fantasy points. So I, I don't hate it as much now that I like soaked it in. But let's hope he plays. <laughs> My guy's kind of the same here, so let's hope we don't strike out with two guys not playing. But mine's Tyrod Taylor. He's my scrumptious start of the week. Now I, I'm a, I feel a little bit better that he'll play because he was like – you know, almost ready to go last week. They sat him another week. It looks like he's preparing a lot more this week to be the starter. And he gets the Dolphins. Now, Tyrod Taylor's not a sexy name. That's for sure. But 
I mean, in week one against the Jaguars, yes, it's the Jaguars, but he's also playing the Dolphins. So, yeah, it's the Dolphins. It's another bad matchup. But against the Jaguars, he scored 24 fantasy points. Against Cleveland in week two, he already had 16.5 fantasy points, and he only played the first half. This guy is a good fantasy scorer, scorer when he's playing. He has Brandon Cooks, who he believes in and he trusts in, so he has his number one wide receiver, and then he gets it done with his legs. Now, I'm a little bit worried that since he's coming back from a hamstring injury, maybe they don't let him run as much. But the Texans have no run game, like, at all, especially since they trade away Mark Ingram. Like, last week, nobody had more than six carries. So I think anything that happens in this Texans game for the Texans on offense is going to be done by Tyra Taylor and only Tyra Taylor. Maybe they don't do a whole lot, but I think he does all of it. And the Dolphins are allowing the most yards – per game in the NFL, total yards per game. They're allowing the second most passing yards per game and the fourth most points per game in the NFL. So it's like this defense is totally trash. He has to do everything. Josh Allen just had 55 rushing yards against him last week. I I expect this to be a really solid day for Tyrod Taylor, and I'm playing him over guys like Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, and Trevor Lawrence. Like, no, I'm not going to play him over the studs, but when you're looking at those middle type of guys, I I would prefer him this week. Kate, who's your scrumptious start? Oh, mine is actually delicious in comparison to the ones that you have lined up. I'm actually going with Joe Burrow against the Cleveland Browns. You're such a backstabber. You're such a backstabber. I said, this is what happened. (laughs) I said, I have Tyron Taylor in right now as much terms to start, but I really wish I could do Joe Burrow, but he seems too obvious. And you gave me this look like, you could never do Joe Burrow. (laughs) And then your guy is Joe Burrow? It was just I'm, the look, though. She didn't say it. She never said the yeah, words. No, so but she was like, come her. on, Michelle. Like, the look looked like, come on, Michelle. Like, dig deeper than that. Hop off. Wow. You're the quarterback eight this year is your scrumptious start? Uh, yes, and he's delicious. Um, Joe Burrow <laughs> versus the Cleveland Browns. Uh, also, like, he's the quarterback eight, but since week five, he's the quarterback four. That's even more delicious. Since then, he's ranked seventh in pass attempts. Like, started off the season super slow in turn. Like, I was very concerned about the passing volume right out of the gate. But, like I said, since week five, seventh in passing attempts, ranks third in passing yards. He's one of three quarterbacks in that span to have more than 10 passing touchdowns. Like, the matchup is perfect. Cleveland is allowing the eighth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. They've allowed uh, tied for the third most passing touchdowns ar- allowed in the NFL. And they are one of eight teams with fewer than five interceptions, generating turnovers on 4.9% of plays. And that is one of the lowest, that's the second to lowest rate of generating turnovers among all NFL teams. Like, I think that's really your biggest concern because we know the production can be there. We know he has all the weapons to produce. Um, I don't think he's going to be turning the ball over. I think this is just going to be the Joe Burrow show. Okay, so if you're going to have Joe Burrow as your scrumptious start, a guy that's been killing it, you're saying you would play him pretty much over anybody, right? Like, he has to be top five for you easily, I would think. So are you playing him over, uh, like, a guy like Justin Herbert? Yes. What about Matthew Stafford against the Titans? Uh, that that one I cannot do. I what about do Patrick that. Mahomes versus yes. the Packers? Yes, and I'm sorry. Yes, I like 
am I the only one that's just not trusting Patrick Mahomes right now? Because he's not, I, like, I know as soon as I were to bench him, and I'm not doing this in any leagues because I don't have the two of them, but in my rankings, Joe Burrow is higher than Patrick Mahomes. Okay. What about Kyler Murray, who's really been struggling as of late and has an injury? Uh, yes, ahead of Kyler Murray, uh, especially given the, the it's an ankle injury. Um, don't don't love ankle injuries. Like the the thing that gives Kyler his very high upside is his legs. So if he's got a lower body injury, definitely not psyched about that at all. Like the best part about Joe Burrow right now is that he's actually doing it all with his arm. Like he's not really banking on any rushing production at all. Uh, he's healthy. He's got healthy weapons. I'm all in on Joe Burrow. He is killing it. All right, let's move over to running backs. Jake, what's your running back start of the week? I keep wanting to call you uh, Jack. I don't know why. Sorry. <laughs> Jack? Is that like a sweet, hip, new nickname that totally means something and isn't just a slip of the tongue? <laughs> it's, it's my cat's name. Oh. I don't think of you as my cat, though. I don't know. She's I'm calling on the you same level as yeah. your cat. Hey, listen, well, I treat my cat like a prince. So you're my <laughs> I'll take it then. You know, yeah. you started and it was on a downhill slope, but by the end of it, <laughs> I'm okay with the whole thing. We got my, back up there. My running back, uh, scrumptious start. I actually did want to force myself into Jeremy McNichols and trying to make that a thing for this week because I do think the Titans going against the Rams, if they have any shot with a, a reasonable backfield production, it's going to come from dumping it off very quickly. Uh, but I just can't trust him enough. So I pivoted away, and with the Aaron Rodgers news, he's being out this week against the Chiefs. I'm actually banking on a big day from their backfield. So A.J. Dillon uh, against the Chiefs. Of course, Aaron Jones. You start Aaron Jones. That was too obvious, but A.J. Dillon should have a good day as well. But what I'm banking on is the Chiefs to be what the Chiefs have been the last four weeks, which is a team that hasn't scored more than 20 points in the last four weeks, and it's been against bad defenses. Washington, Tennessee, they played the Giants this last week. So no Green Bay's defense is nothing special, but if they can keep them to a modest score, then A.J. Dillon's going to get a lot of work. Over the last three weeks, if we look at just the rushing attempts from Dillon compared to Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones had 34 attempts for 154 yards. Dillon had 30 attempts for 143 yards. No, Dylan's not going to get you any receptions, and that's okay. He's never had more than four targets uh, in a single game this year, and I don't expect that to change here, even with Jordan Love in the mix. But what he can do on the ground and hopefully near the end zone is uh, put up, uh, you know, I'm expecting 15 to 20 fantasy points from him this week. Whoa, mama, that's a lot. Because I felt like he looked so good last week, right? So this is what happened. Two weeks ago, I told a bunch of people to play A.J. Dillon, and he did absolutely nothing against Washington. Like, it's like mm-hmm. okay. So then this week I gave up. Like, okay, he's not getting the work. And then he looked awesome. But then I looked at the fantasy points, and he still only scored nine fantasy points. And he looked so good. He definitely is going to have to steal one of those touchdowns. I, I think if he steals a touchdown, then he can get to, like, 15 points. But he's in that like group of guys like so many this year where it's like touchdown or bust there are so many of those guys um that is just kind of hard but yeah he can get a touchdown here great good matchup uh so i don't hate it but i like my guy way more michael carter he is killing it rookie michael carter for the jets 
Um, versus the Colts, it's Thursday night football. So if you have them, make sure to get them into your lineup now and put them into your running back spot, not a flex. So you have flexibility come on Sunday. Um, but Michael Carter with Mike White. Mike White at quarterback somehow is like the savior to this Jets franchise. I don't understand what's going on. He uh, could be the long-term answer at quarterback. We'll, we'll see what he does. Now he actually made the Thursday night game interesting because you're like, was what happened against the Bengals was totally like a, a – It was like Stranger Things, like the upside down where it's just an alternate universe. And... I was trying to think of the word fluke. I got oh. it, no. No, it was the upside down. <laughs> yeah. Was it a fluke or is it actually something? But all we, we know for sure that Mike White loves him some running backs. He loves to target his running backs. Um, over the last two games, Carter has 17 receptions for 162 receiving yards. Um, and then he's also getting all the groundwork. So he added 77 rushing yards, one rush touchdown. He had a career high 15 carries. And What's so great is that you don't even have to count on the rushing work because he's being used as pretty much the lead receiver in this offense. Mike White has almost as many passing yards to running backs as he does to wide receivers. He has 270 of his passing yards to running backs, 310 to wide receivers. So it's like he is just like he's doing a lot of checkdowns. He's not throwing deep. He didn't have a single pass over 20 air yards against the Bengals. Like, that's not how he's doing it. He's just like, I'm going to play it safe because that's like what's working for me. Corey Davis is likely out on Thursday night. So it's going to be just the same thing with targets for Michael Carter. Um, if you have him, especially in PPR leagues, like he's a must start guy. I'm playing him over guys like Chase Edmonds. I'm playing over Javante Williams. I'm playing over James Conner. Like any of those guys that are like kind of middle ground, obviously besides like the top 10, 12 guys, like he should, he should be in your lineup. Yeah, I really like that. Um, he's been just so low-key, like, the best-looking player on their offense, just in general. Um, I think if they continue to lean more on Michael Carter, too, even if Mike White is not the long-term answer for them, I think that takes a lot of pressure off your rookie quarterback whenever Zach Wilson is healthy and obviously gets his job back. Like maybe Zach Wilson will learn because Zach Wilson, all he was doing was chucking it down the field and it was not working. I mean, his average up the target was like the highest in the NFL because he's just chucking it nonstop. It's like, that's not working for you, dude. You're turning it over way too much. It's not working for the team. And then Mike White comes in and he's like, okay, five yards, five yards, five yards. And like, yeah, they're doing better. So maybe Zach Wilson will learn from that. But either way, I'm excited for Michael Carter as long as Mike White is the quarterback. Kate, who is your scrumptious start of the week at running back? All right, so mine is a guy that's been killing it, but I think due to the matchup people are going to be fading this week, I'm talking Khalil Herbert against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I feel like there's this like giant um, cloud around the Steelers' defense. I feel like people generally think it's not a great matchup for running backs, but uh, I, I don't want that to sway you from Khalil Herbert because he's absolutely crushing it. Um, just like on the field, he is so talented. I'm just obsessed with watching him play football right now. They're utilizing him a ton. He's like the clear number two at this point. Damian Williams, bye-bye. It is the Khalil Herbert show for now and forevermore. Like despite the fact that he's uh, he was barely involved ahead of week five, he ranks 24th among all running backs in rushing yards. He's got more rushing yards than Devin Singletary. Only four fewer rushing yards than Javante Williams, which, like, 
we've all been waiting for the Javante Williams breakout. Maybe we should just keep rolling with Khalil Herbert. I mean, out of anybody, out of absolutely anybody since week five, which that was when he got that first rush of volume, um, there's only one running back who's had more carries than him, and it's Derrick Henry. Wow, that's crazy. It, it's absolutely amazing how well uh, how well they're feeding him. He's like, if uh, carries were uh, honey buns, he would be turning into a honey bun right now because he's just he's just I like I want carries to be honey buns so bad now. <laughs> oh my god, I would I would be out there uh, working my booty for honey buns. Um, Khalil Herbert is my honey bun. I'm very excited for him, and like. It, when you're looking at fantasy production, he hasn't even been that sexy for fantasy, despite he's the not big, scoring touchdowns. He's not scoring touchdowns, and that's the thing. Um, so I, I don't think he needs to score any touchdowns even uh, to finish a top 15 running back this week. But if he does, uh, maybe a la Alex Collins, who you know saw 20 carries against the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, I, I think Khalil Herbert could have a very similar game. And if you had Alex Collins in that matchup, you were pretty happy. Yeah, and you he you just talked about the matchup like Pittsburgh. Yeah, sure, maybe you don't love them on paper. Khalil Herbert destroyed the Tampa Bay Bucks, who looked like an awful matchup. And now the Steelers, of course, lost Melvin Ingram. I don't know how big of a deal that even is for them really right now, but it's something. So the matchup doesn't scare me. Yeah, it doesn't scare me either. And when you're looking at just from weeks five to eight, it is a small sample size, but that's when he became the starter and only got the workload. So you kind of have to look at that. He has the fourth most scrimmage yards among all running backs in that time period. It goes Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry, Najee Harris, and then Khalil Herbert. Herbert has one fewer scrimmage yards than Najee Harris. Um, and then it goes Alvin Kamara after that. Like he has more than Alvin Kamara. Um, I guess he did play one more game, but still. Uh, it's just like Khalil Herbert's doing his thing. He's absolutely killing it. And like, if you build it, he will come. He will, if you build it. It's not that kind of podcast, Kate. (laughs) It doesn't sound any better. (laughs) Somehow we always have one of these jokes in every episode. Jake, move on to the wide receivers, please, before Kate loses it. She's so going to move right along to Marquise Hollywood Brown, wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Get to play the Minnesota Vikings this week. And I'll say also fire up uh, Rashad Bateman if you have him as well. I want both of these guys playing against Minnesota. And I'm just going to read you the stat lines of the guys from Dallas who got to play Minnesota here this last week. Amari Cooper, eight receptions for 122 yards and a touchdown. C.D. Lamb, six receptions for 112 yards. Cedric Wilson, three receptions for 84 yards and a touchdown. And they did that having the ball thrown to them from something called Cooper Rush, which I've been told is a real (laughs) thing. So if you can step in there with Lamar Jackson... Uh, sure, he can still collect his rushing yards if he so chooses, but Minnesota is so terribly beatable. Um, Marquise Brown had a little weird week here this past week. He had 14 targets, but he only had five catches. That is a fluke. That word you were talking about before, Michelle, that is a fluke right there. So if he sees even close to that amount of targets, uh, it's going to be a huge day for Marquise. 
Yeah, and if I'm gonna make fun of Kate for having Joe Burrow as his, as her scrumptious start, then maybe I have to give you a little heat there because it, it feels like a, a good one, right? Like Marquise Brown, people are still questioning: Do I start him or not? He is the wide receiver one, two, three, four, five, six, seven wide receiver seven in points per game this season. Is that good? Uh, that, it's pretty good. He's averaging more fantasy points than DK Metcalf, than Chris Godwin, than CeeDee Lamb, than Mike Evans, like DJ Moore, Justin Jefferson, way more than Justin Jefferson, way more than Stephon Diggs, way more than DeAndre Hopkins. You're not questioning starting them or not. Like Marquise Brown, he's going to have bad games like every single other wide receiver in the NFL and fantasy football. It's just a, that type of position. You have up weeks, you have down weeks. Marquise Brown should be in your lineup every week. And the biggest question about Marquise Brown, I feel like, and for this passing game in general, was is the volume going to be there? Uh, the the target volume is absolutely there for Marquise Brown. Yeah. That alleviates any and all concerns. He is a must-start every single week. And uh, I'm still seeing Rashad Bateman on a lot of waivers. After the bye week, people had to drop him, or they just never had him because of the injury. Uh, you should go pick him up. He's one of those rookies that could absolutely break out in the second half of the season. I grabbed him in a couple leagues. I saw him still out there. So go go check out your waivers. And if he's there, he should be on your bench for sure. Or play him if you want, but at least roster him. All right, my guy is Emmanuel Sanders. I brought that up in trivia today. Um, Emmanuel Sanders versus the Jaguars. I mean, it's just anytime you see a team against the Jaguars, you just get a little smile. Your Mrs. Mrs. Average Depth, the target, is is smiling hard yes. right now. Uh, I'm going to take the guy averaging 19 yards uh, in, uh, per target. Like, that's pretty amazing. And then you, you take into consideration how bad the Jaguars are on defense. They're allowing 77 completion percent when quarterbacks are targeting wide receivers. A 77 reception percent to wide receivers this year. To understand how truly bad that is, because it's the highest in the NFL, the next closest, the second worst, is the Panthers, and they're at 69%. They're allowing a 69% reception percentage to wide receivers. That's a a difference of 8. 8%. Hashtag bad. Yeah. Hashtag very, very bad. Jalen Waddle, Tyler Lockett, Cortland Sutton, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Boyd have all scored over 20 fantasy points against them. And then a bunch of guys are in those teens. Um... They've allowed so many wide receivers to have over 100 receiving yards. They allowed DK Metcalf to have two touchdowns last week. They allowed Jalen Waddle to have two touchdowns in week six uh, before their bye. There, it's just like you want any piece of this Bills offense against the Jaguars, and Josh Allen just really seems to favor Emmanuel Sanders. It, it wasn't a pretty game last week, and when I say it wasn't pretty, he had zero receiving yards. So if you played him, you got zero points. Uh, but before last week against the Dolphins, it was just a weird game. They couldn't move the ball really until later in the game. But he was getting eight targets, six targets, six targets, six targets, eight targets. Like he's been involved. So I'm going back and trusting him. And you have to wonder if like the lack of involvement last week, you know, I, I feel like sometimes when we see these guys like shut out of a game, we'll see the quarterback go to them a little bit earlier, get them more involved. Cause I do think Manny Sanders has been like a really key point of Josh Allen's success this year. They've, they've been a really fantastic duo. Yeah. So I'm playing you know, him over guys like Robert Woods, over Cortland Sutton, over Chase Claypool. Like I much prefer him over those guys. Kate, who's your scrumptious start of the week at wide receiver? All right, I'm coming back. Uh, Brandon Cooks is back, baby. 
very excited. I'm going to pr- pair my Brandon Cooks with uh, Michelle's Tyrod Taylor. They're going to be the happiest couple once again because <laughs> uh, they get the Miami Dolphins this week, and that is a delicious and juicy matchup. I'm very excited. Uh, Brandon Cooks, like with Tyrod Taylor, he was such a studly, studly wide receiver. He has had more than 18 fantasy points in PPR leagues in five out of his eight games. It hasn't really felt like that just because, because the three games that he didn't was so bad because they were so bad. But again, that was with Davis Mills. Um, but he's had three top 12 wide receiver performances just since week five. The Dolphins have allowed four 100 receiving yard games to opposing wideouts, nine touchdowns to wideouts since week five, just since week five. Um, I, I just think Brandon Cooks right now is a absolute must start. Um, I'm comfortable starting him over, uh, like, this is the most outrageous name, but DeAndre Hopkins, who I think has been a bit of a disappointment this year outside of his touchdowns. Um, I would start Marquise Brown over him. But outside of that, like, any wide receiver in, like, the wide receiver 12 to, you know, 18 range, I'm starting him starting him over there. I think he yeah. finishes as an RB1 – or wide receiver one in most leagues if tyrod taylor plays plug in brown and cooks right back in he should be fine all right let's get to into tight ends quickly before we move into our biggest fade of the week we'll just run through tight ends because you know they're just a gross position in general jake who is your scrumptious start at tight end it's gross and you're gonna make fun of me for this one too because this is another obvious name but it's like when you get to the less obvious names i don't want to start any of these guys and I'm still upset about Robert Tunyon getting injured last week as my scrumptious um, start last yeah. week. We didn't even so hit on Robert Tunyon in our news. Like, yeah, man, it know. was a rough week for injuries, it, it, What guys. sucks is if you bet on him, he missed his over by a ha- like a one yard, and he was oh. clearly going to get it, but he got injured. Uh, all right. So anyways, I am just going with the safe, easy thing of Dallas Goddard this week, who gets to play the Chargers. They've given up the third most points, fantasy points, two tight ends. It's Dallas Goddard and those running backs right now. Uh, It's kind of a bizarre team, but it's working out in Goddard's favor ever since Ertz left. So I'm just going to keep that going. Yeah, I like Dallas Goddard. I mean, he's like safe, right? He's not doing anything spectacular, but he's safe without Zach Ertz there. I'm going with Pat Fryermuth versus the Bears. Um, One thing I did want to say about Goddard, I think he ran like something like 14 routes last last week. Which is so little. He must have just been blocking, blocking, blocking. I know all they did was run, um, but he still ended up with a good game for 14 rounds. Of course, rounds. Miles Sanders is on IR, and all they do is run. Yeah, I know. Uh, but my guy, Pat Frymuth, rookie for the Steelers. Um, it, listen, if you if you picked up Dan Arnold, then you're, you're loving life, right? Like, if you listened to me last week. But if you didn't and you missed out on him, then you might have to go to Pat Frymuth. And without Juju, Fryermuth is doing his thing. So he's now played two games without Juju Smith-Schuster, and he's had seven targets in both of those games. He had seven receptions for 58 yards in week six before their bye week, 13 fantasy points. And then after their bye week, he had seven targets, 44 yards, and one touchdown for 14.4 fantasy points. Since week six, he is a tight end four in fantasy points per game. Tiny sample size. I understand that. But it's still good to see he's being utilized in this offense so much more now that they, you know, they needed a guy to step up. It could have been James Washington. You know, Chase Claypool has just disappeared. It's like 
Ben is preferring Pat Fryermuth. He is going to be that guy in the end zone. Once they get down there, like Ben's looking his way. Uh, so I'm happy to start him. I'm starting him over guys like Tyler Higby. I'm just like done trusting Tyler Higby. Starting him over Hunter Henry because he's just touched on her bust. And I'm starting him over CJ Uzuma, who just doesn't get targets. Um, he gets like three a game. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. And I don't care he's a rookie. I'm going to risk it. I feel like, so we took this from like the most obvious start of the week at the tight end position to I need to vomit right now because <laughs> I need to play this guy. It Like this is a desperation play. Do not, like, don't go crazy with this one. But I do think there are plenty of leagues uh, where just maybe with injuries and bye weeks that you need to play him. I'm going with Tyler Conklin, tight end of the Minnesota Vikings. Now, I don't mean to brag, but uh, he did have a tight end eight performance last week. So kudos to Tyler Co- Tyler Conklin. Um, he's had like plenty of work in that Vikings offense. Um, I, like ahead of the season, we were very excited for Irv Smith. Now that he's been out of the way, we saw like Tyler Conklin is clearly the guy. It's not Chris Herndon whatsoever. Uh, but we've seen Tyler Conklin be very involved. He's had at least five targets in four out of his last five games. He's been running routes. Now they get the Ravens, who are allowing a league-high 16.2 fantasy points per game, averaging nearly a touchdown per game to the tight end position. Uh, he's my tight end 13 this week. I, I think, you know, you play him against pretty much everybody else that you mentioned, Michelle. Like, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't put him ahead of Pat Fryermuth, but all of those fringe guys like Tyler Higby and um, just that slew of garbage, Jared Cook, Dan Arnold. like um, Excuse me? Uh, that slew of deliciousness. <laughs> Dan Arnold had eight receptions for 68 yards and ran 40 routes, the second most the among s- tight ends behind Travis Kelsey. Do not call him garbage, and we might I need know. to have a bet. We're going to do a drinking bet. Oh, Most man. fantasy points, Dan Arnold versus Tyler do Conklin. It. Let's go. Jake, what side are you on? Because you got to get an unknown bet. Who are you going uh, with? Uh, Conklin uh, or Dan? We can totally have this bet over at Props Fantasy. Yes, we can do that as well. But We, sh- we should do that. Uh, I, I, I love the nickname Conk Shell, so I really want to go with Tyler Conklin. But I'm going to go with Dan Arnold because I got yeah. burned last week. I You're- love it. You will both be eating the Dan White Arnold has a much harder uh, matchup, but I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters. All right, let's move on to our biggest fade of the week. Jake, let's start with you. Who's your guy? Yeah, I'm going with Ryan Tannehill. Uh, he gets to play the Rams. We talked about it. It's his first game without Derrick Henry. We've never really seen that in Tennessee, what that will look like. I am scared for him. If it is not just all dump-offs, I don't know what he's going to do. You know, the addition of Von Miller now to the Rams just got traded over there. That defense already looked kind of scary with Julio Jones maybe in, maybe out. Uh, I love A.J. Brown, you know, but he's not just going to run wild, I don't think. I don't think he's going to have the opportunity. So that entire offense scares me for this week, and I'm staying away from Tannehill. I understand if you don't have a better option, but I would try your hardest to find one. Yeah, I'm interested to watch this game because either Ryan Tannehill is going to thrive without Henry because he's going to be passing so much. Like, his efficiency would probably go down no matter what. Uh, but maybe his numbers can increase. Uh, but Or it's just going to be a disaster, right, without Henry. I think it might be more of the disaster 
especially against yeah. the Rams. So we we shall see. Um, my guy, it, it hurts me because I loved him so much in this offseason. I thought he was going to come into the NFL and just immediately succeed. Uh, but he hasn't as of late. It's Devonta Smith uh, for the Eagles. They get the Chargers this week. Uh, Devonta Smith, I mean, last week, I know it was weird, right? They scored 41 points, but all they did was run, 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 run. Um, somehow Jalen Hurts didn't get any. He led the team in rushing yards, but he didn't get any of the four rushing touchdowns. It drove me crazy. Uh, but then Devonta Smith only had three targets, one reception, 15 yards. Like, really bad game, 2.5 points. But he's had a lot of these bad games. He's had a five point, a five point, a three point. Like, that's a lot of, that's a lot of games under six fantasy points. In his top game this year, he has had two 19 fantasy point games. Like, that's fine. That's really that those are solid weeks, but you need more of them. And he doesn't have a high enough ceiling for me to be like, oh, I can't sit him. Like, I'm too worried to sit him. If I lose out on a week, he scores 16 fantasy points, then fine. Okay, I missed out on that. Uh, it's just not enough to risk getting another five-point game. And it's against the Chargers. Terrible, terrible matchup. They're allowing the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers this season so it's the worst matchup you can have as a wide receiver uh, no wide receiver has hit 18 fantasy points against them this year and only two have had more than 12 fantasy points like i'm talking ppr here only two wide receivers have hit more than 12 fantasy points this year against the chargers it was cd lamb he had 17 points that's the most this year and then hunter renfro had 16 points he's a random guy to actually produce over 12 against them but this is not a matchup I want to risk, and he's just not worth the risk right now. I'm going to keep him on my bench. I'm not going to drop him yet, but I don't I don't feel good about him. He's he's not getting in my starting lineup. Kate, who's your fade? All right, I'm fading Damian Harris this week, who's actually been absolutely crushing it. Uh, he's been getting the touches, that all the touches that you could imagine. Um, he's been getting touchdowns. He's been playing super well. Since week five, he's been the RB8, which I didn't see that coming. But he's had some nice matchups. Now they get the Carolina Panthers along the second fewest points to the running back position. I think Damian Harris is going to be one of these guys, maybe similar to a Khalil Herbert, where it's pretty hard to sit him just because I'm not sure what other players are going to get maybe quite as much volume. Uh, but I don't think he's going to have an overly efficient week. Um, you know, I don't think he's he's destined for a touchdown this week. The only two running backs that had really stellar days were Ezekiel Elliott and Dalvin Cook. Um, and Dalvin Cook saw 29 carries in his game. Um, I just don't, like, the floor is so low just due to his lack of receiving upside. So he's a guy that if I have, um, you know, maybe just a better matchup in general with, a, a similar tier, tiered player, that's a tiebreaker for me, and I'll avoid Damian Harris. Okay. It's going to be hard to do after what he's done in the last couple of weeks, but I don't hate that. It's it's more of a fade. Don't don't sit him, but you fade him. And, and if you have a better option, then and yeah. it's an easy decision. All right, that's our show for today, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. You're going to do fantastic in week nine. Go get that win. Make smart decisions. Order Ubers. Just be smart, people. Y'all, just don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. And go win in fantasy football. Again, I'm your host, Michelle. You can find me on Twitter at BobBlastEm, BobBlastEm. You can follow me, Kate, at FFBobBlast. You can find me, Jake, at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. 
Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, and check out ballblastfootball.com for more league-winning advice.